Welcome to PB&J Connection. This will not be televised podcast. Thanks for checking us out. I'm PB. And I'm Jay. Our health-related discussions will convey educational information about medical research, studies, facts, findings, and experiences of people from every walk of life. Concepts will be simple and easy to understand. We've got you covered, and we promise to not be boring. So let's dive into the world of health you won't find on your television. Welcome, listeners, to PB&J Connections. You know, in a world that that's moving um, fast and often focusing on what's missing um, in our lives, we bring you to a space today to just pause and recognize the abundance that surrounds you. Today, we're going to kind of explore some of the insights in the field of psychology, neuroscience, wellness, and just unraveling gratitude uh, and how it shapes our minds, our relationships, and the impacts on our physical health. We'll also be sharing some good news, some insights, and some stories that will put some a spin on having gratitude and finding thankfulness in our lives. So let's embark, embark on this journey, Jay, together with all of our listeners. So there is a science, there's a lot of science actually, on cultivating gratitude and its impact on our well-being as well as our, the empathy that we have for others. They're at Baylor University, and, and fortunately, most of the research that I'm reporting today is 2023 research or the results of 23, uh, the results that were published from 2023. So Baylor University researchers studied the mechanisms that cultivate gratitude and its impact on our physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. The studies kind of suggest that gratitude can enhance our well-being, reduce depression and anxiety, as well as increase our our generosity and kindness within ourselves. These are some traits. So this kind of, uh, the way the study was set up, they were determined that this involves some moving of some fleeting emotions that sometimes we gauge in on a daily basis. Um, and the benefits of having gratitude to not only ourselves, but to the entire community. So you're probably wondering, Jay, how, you know, we always go through these things in our minds, always, you know, talking to ourselves, that self-talk. And a lot of times, sometimes more often than not, most people have these negative thoughts as opposed to the thoughts of gratitude and being thankful, you know. Um, and so how do we make that shift? How do we shift those emotions? And the study found there's a few steps, small steps, very small steps that we can take to actually improve um, our, our ability to be grateful and to find happiness and thankfulness in those moments. So um, one of the first ones they said intentional reflection. So the importance of intentional reflection is of gratitude. It's a process and it moves very fast. So it's that baseline level of, of thought that we may have, and then all of a sudden we have this negative thought. So how do you do that? Sometimes you have to just stop yourself. I do this thing with my clients that when they're having that negative thought, I tell them to put up a, a, their hand and say, stop, you know? Now I know they can't do that in a grocery store, and... <laughs> 
Well, they because could, but would people probably, would be. It would probably stop a lot of customers. Like, uh oh, is it, what is this? A holdup? <laughs> <laughs> Oh or do we need God. to call, you know, the, the local mental hospital to come pick right. them up? <laughs> yeah. Right. Or the, the security starts yeah, security. coming out from everywhere. Like, you know, or somebody just stops in the middle of the aisle and everybody's looking at them like, oh, what's happening? You know, the fight get ready to break out or whatever. So um, the other alternative you can do, and I've tested it and I've looked at it, the science of it, is you can take, when you're having a negative thought, is take the tip of your tongue and put it to the roof of your mouth and hold it there just for a minute while you're having that negative thought. Surprisingly enough, your brain enters into an alpha wave state and the thought just kind of flies away, you know? So you can do that without anybody knowing what you're doing. Sometimes we could be having conversations with people um, and we may not necessarily care for the person. You know, there may be something about the person um, that is is kind of gnawing at our our own <laughs> our own hearts, like or our own minds. Like this person is driving me crazy. Do the same thing when you're having that thought about that person in a conversation. Just put the the tongue, the tip of your tongue, to the roof of your mouth and just hold it there, and and hold it there long enough for the. And it doesn't take long at all, maybe a few seconds, and all of a sudden that thought will leave you. You may have to do it 20 or 30 times, depending <laughs> on how, how, you know, how the conversation is going, but you, it's a way of doing it. And, so and just having deep reflections on what's happening around you, you know, our life events, and, and having a sense of happiness actually gives us that ability to have, to be grateful and to have and to be thankful. And Pam, I also, you know, what you just described, um, when you're thinking about the holidays that everybody's getting ready to embark on, where they maybe haven't seen family members for a long time, or maybe, um, you know, uh, Aunt Marge is going to be there, and you're like, oh, God, it's Aunt Marge again. I'm going to have to deal with Aunt Marge. You know, trying to figure out a way to deal with those kinds of interactions that maybe only happen once a year is a really good thing to think about beforehand instead of waiting until something happens and you're at a loss, right? That's true. That is so true. Um, and you talked about Thanksgiving. So let me first, before I forget, give our listeners our trivia question for today. So last year, 2022, how much... Did the average Thanksgiving dinner cost per person? That's interesting. That'll be interesting. I know we've had this, this, you know, this, inc- this escalating prices at the stores, but Jay's going to provide us with the response, the, the answer to that later in the show. So let's go back to the research. We were talking about the small steps you can take, and the first one we talked about, and we mentioned it, was inter- intentional reflection. And that's just going deep within yourself and reflecting on higher levels of life satisfaction, the things around us, the things we do and how we think. You know, recognizing, another one is recognizing the giver. You know, when somebody gives you something, we have to be really grateful that that person took the time to give me something. It may not be something that you want, but they thought about you in the moment that they purchased it. You know, just like at Christmas time, you may get gifts that you necessarily want, or why would that person buy me this, or whatever. But you have to think about, okay, 
let me be grateful for the gift that they gave me because at the time they were, it was enough on their minds and in their hearts, more importantly, that they were thinking about me. So writing gratitude letters rather than just making a list, you know, of, of things this person has done or, or having a, a phone conversation, you know, helps build deeper connections. Now, all of this comes from the study because not only did they take the participants through the study, but they actually were able to implement some strategies in order to increase their level of gratitude. And so, Pam, let so, me, I don't know if this, sorry to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. it, every no. t- when you start talking, it, it starts me, you know, the wheels turning in my head. So I would say, so we're from the old school of, we used to write notes, right? We used to write Christmas cards and birthday cards and, and all kinds of cards, wedding, you know, all the stuff and put a note in there. You put a note about, you know, how you appreciate somebody. Are you wishing them safe, you know, healthy holidays and the other thing? And that's kind of a loss. Really, and Jay, I have to say, you're really good at that. So I, I do appreciate all the cards that I receive. You know, but you're right; it is lost. It's a lost uh, thing. It's it's something it's that a lost you, art. Yeah, you just don't see that very often. And you, even people who claim that they don't send out cards or they don't do this, I still believe that they love getting a card or a note, right? I'm one yes, of them, by absolutely. the way, because I don't send as many cards and, and notes out as I used to. Um, right. But Because you know why? The internet. Yeah, the it internet. allows us to write emails. It allows us to put emojis on there. Right. But there's something very special about a handwritten note. You know, even if you use the words on the card, just a simple note at the bottom of the card, give somebody the desire to want to save that card because of the fact that it's true sentiments of, of the giver, you know? And so that is the other thing, having that outward expression of gratitude. You know, expressing gratitude outwardly to another person, you know, is a higher power. It transforms gratitude into just basically doing something because both the giver and the receiver both benefit, you know? So just practicing, you know, either writing writing a note or a thank you note or or even electronic you know because even the study suggested just writing an electronic email you know just sending somebody an email um and if you do put the emojis on there good 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 you know <laughs> personal sometimes i hate getting business correspondence via email when it has a lot of these emojis on it because it's more annoying to me than anything else <laughs> Because it's like, what do you want? Get to the bottom line. You know, I don't, you know, but I appreciate the, the sentiments and the thoughts that they were thinking at the time. But, you know, it, it can be a little frustrating. So let's kind of explore how gratitude plays a crucial role on strengthening our bonds with people, as well as it improves our internal thinking and feelings about being poor. Psychology Today did a 2023 article, uh, it's called The Power of Gratitude. And this research uh, showed that, you know, emotional, social emotions, um, you know, like anger, you know, you may be, we talked about somebody being angry at you, um, but you also have social emotions where you connect with somebody, go to dinner with somebody, spend time with someone, go on vacation with someone, people who you really care about, 
um, it creates what they call a positive feedback loop in the brain. And it increases that feeling of having abundance in your life. You know, because people who are secluded, you know, who have become hermits in their own life, especially after COVID, don't, they feel like there's some something lacking. There's a scarcity there. And so when we socially connect with people, and it could be like on this uh, Zoom, like we do now, Jay, or it could be a telephone conversation, or it, like I said, it could be going to lunch or or having dinner with someone that you really care about, that creates a positive loop in your mind where these neural pathways actually start firing up. So that feeling becomes more abundant in your body as well. as. And then gratitude also improves the function of just healing. You know, and you know this, Jay, um, when people are in the hospital, uh, if they are... are if they don't have family members coming to visit them, if they don't have anybody connect to other than the hospital staff, you know, their ability to heal is much slower than someone who has somebody coming in, you know, family coming in, visiting, because their desire, what is to get out of there so they can go home and can really connect with these people as opposed to having visitors in the hospital. So there is a, 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 a actually, it, and also it reduces the um, depression that people go through, you know, being alone, not having somebody to connect to, um, not, not being in a social environment as opposed to um, being alone. Um, so it's, it's a thing of scarcity and lack, not having those connections in your life and lacking some sort of feeling of happiness or, or abundance in your life. And then, of course, we t I pointed to, you know, people who practice gratitude regularly have these positive emotions, you know, all the time. They're firing. The brain is firing. You have yeah, who are, these, who are these people, Pam? I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the happiness connection... <laughs> Yeah, I, I need to surround myself with, well, you're one of those. You're very positive. Yes. You're you're yeah. very positive. And that's why, you know, I think you're, well, you're my hero because you're so positive. And that's why I try to emulate you. And I, we've had this conversation many times before. Mm -hmm. um, people who take, from someone who is pretty negative, and that would be me, listeners, mm -hmm. I try to surround myself with people who are more positive because... I, I'm attracted to those people who are, you know, more, they're probably not attracted to me because I'm so negative. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> but you I know, tell you. But you, you probably notice that when you attract yourself to people that are, are more, have a more positive attitude, you start having more positive attitude. You know, not only oh. about your situation when you have those conversations, but about your life. Now, I'll tell you what it does, listeners. What it does for me is it gives me a different perspective because mm -hmm. if I'm, uh, I'm a pessimist, I'm a, I'm cynic, cynical, um, and there are, it takes a lot for me to trust somebody. But when mm -hmm. I'm around people who are positive, it starts giving me a different perspective. Hey, you know, get out of that rut and start looking at things in a different way, right? Stop being so negative all the time. So it does give me that perspective. So I don't know if I'm like anybody else in that regard. Let's say at least 99.8% of the people that actually exist, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Even, even down to the kids, you know, yeah. because we know that 
kids before the age of six, you know, they are highly susceptible to their, not only what's said to them, but their environment as well. And so if, the, if that, if those negative thoughts are ingrained at an early age, they become part of their life. And then most of them end up with me in therapy. So, <laughs> but that's okay because of the fact that you, there's ways of, of actually, you know, it's ways of actually we can do things that actually increase our ability to be grateful um, just with what we have, not anything more. So, you know, we talked about improved sleep. It, improves, it lowers your blood pressure. It increases our capacity to handle adversity. And I think that's where, for me, that's where a lot of this positive, you know, feelings that I try to emit all most of the time when I'm around people. And I say most of the time, because very seldom will you see me sad. And if I am sad or I am feeling a little depressed, I'm, I'm by myself. I don't want to be bothered with anybody because I, I don't want to put my emotional energy into their space. And so I, I try to seclude myself. Um, but using and recognizing the life that you have um, and, and constantly because I see people doing this, always striving for material things. They may not be material needs, but they're material Thing. Um, and, you know, new TV, new car, new this, new that, you know, I want the car that she has, I want the car he has, I want, you know, I'm going to one day drive this car and I'm going to work myself to death to get it, right? And you'll find out that most of those people who are striving for material things um, are not happy. They just don't have a happy life. And, I, and, you know, and Pam, I would say, so you and I are from the Washington, D.C. area, mm-hmm. and I would say that, and I don't know this for sure, but just anecdotally, I would say that is reg- a regional kind of thing where, you know, everybody's trying to outdo each other with yes. material things and not yes. being grateful for what they have, and they have, then they build up all this stuff. Everybody has right. a bunch of stuff. <laughs> right. And nothing of it, and they have all this stuff, and it's still not happy. Right, and they're still not happy. Right, yeah, and, yep. and they're still not grateful for the things that they have. Yeah, you know, yep. they're looking for that more, that thing that's going to fill the gap. So having gratitude helps us to refocus our needs, our wants, and our desires. You know, to appreciate that which we have, and don't worry about what we don't have, and know that what we have is probably more than likely enough for what we need. Yes, they are very competitive in DC. Everybody from the, you know, <laughs> from the Capitol Hill all the way down. I tell you, it's... All the way down to the uh, rural area, you know, the rural areas. Well, it's of, spread of, out. Right? Of the DMV, yeah, yeah of yeah. the DMV, yep. yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's having this, we talked about the social emotions um, and, and this, article also solidified the, the research that was done by Baylor is that gratitude creates an environment of connection, you know, even in scarcity and, and enhancing feelings of abundance and joy. You know, the ability to help people celebrate small joys in the midst of life changes. And Jay hit that on the nail on the head when she was talking about, you know, connecting with more positive people who give her a different perspective. No matter the situation, no matter the challenge, somebody will always 
if the right person comes along or you have the right person in your life, they're going to give you a different perspective on what you may be going through and to kind of look at it in another way or see the brighter side. The silver lining. Yeah, the silver lining is a big deal. Absolutely. There was a movie called Silver Lining, wasn't it? I don't know. Wasn't it a movie, some movie called Silver Lining? Probably. I'm not sure. It sounds like it should Probably be. Probably so. <laughs> if there wasn't, there should be. I can't be. even remember what it was about. So. <laughs> you know. Science fiction, probably. Oh, Probably no, I'm so. <laughs> right. Probably so. Um, the other thing of this article, and I'm just kind of highlighting that article from um, Psychology Today, is that um, another thing that they hit on was that gratitude encourages mindfulness and presence in relationships. And it doesn't have to be romantic or sexual. It could be any relationship, even with somebody you're just meeting. You know, that you could build relationships from that moment just by having a state of gratitude that you met this person, you had the opportunity to talk to this person and just say, you know, sometimes, we learned from, we have a thousand million, you know, thousand million, that's a good one. We have, <laughs> me, we have millions of teachers around us, and we can learn something from everyone. So if we open up ourselves to be, uh, to, rece- to receive, you know, because everybody has a gift to give somebody, whether it's a word, a phrase, a comment, or, you know, uh, you know, a, 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 a phrase of uh, admiration or appreciation, um, we can definitely give it to somebody. The word thank you has become so, I guess it's rudimentary because we say it, but sometimes we don't have feelings behind it, you know? We just automatically say it. When we say good morning, um, do you really want that person, is that good morning good for you or are you hoping that person is having a good morning, you know? Um, So you have to kind of consciously, that's the part about mindfulness and being present because you can do it at any point at any time. And with Thanksgiving coming up, um, yeah, you know, there's always going to be one person at the table, (laughs) right? It it never fails. There is one person, if you invite them, yeah, there's always going to be one person at the, the table that's going to be a naysayer or they're going to be in complete opposition of your opinion, okay? And in those moments, you can just say, you know what, I didn't think about that, but I'll think about it, but this is my perspective on the matter, and then move on, you know? In, in the turkey great, in turkey great, you know? <laughs> Pass me a roll. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I need to go get ice, I think. Right. I need to leave right. and come back and sit right. somewhere or, else at the table. Right. <laughs> or excuse me, I need to go in the bathroom. And then you go in the bathroom, which I've done on, on occasion, gone in the bathroom and go, oh, my God, I can't. <laughs> yeah. And then I can come back and get my thoughts together and come back and sit at the table and enjoy the rest of the day. Um, yeah. You know? and, and, but, uh, yeah, this, this you, kind of mindset creates a positive environment in relationships, you know, and it also decreases stress and resistance to our own self-work, you know, and 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 not seeing, being, you know, feeling lonely or, you know, have a sense of belonging. Because even though you can be at the table, you know, after a while, after many years, I say this, 
after years of being at the table with somebody who you know is going to not agree with everything that you say, you just say, you know what, this is a gathering of folks, and you have that sense of belonging. You know, I'm here, I showed up, you know, I'm going to enjoy this meal. I like all these other people around this table. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and, and you'll see, you'll see it. Well, and, and if you, if, if this is a pattern, if this is a routine or your, you know, friends, whoever you gather, then you can prepare beforehand, right? You yes. can, you can come up with a game plan of how you're going to deal with that. And right. if they start, you know, talking smack and, you know, driving you nuts, right. they can either walk away. Or, or it's, it's I, 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 I is all about me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or you can maybe try to combat their negativity with something positive. Again, finding that silver lining. Like if they start, you know, Aunt Marge, you know, starts getting on your nerves, maybe you can, Aunt Marge, that's a lovely pin that you're wearing. Where did you get that? Right. And then, and right. then when you, so around. you, you, you turn it around and then you've got Aunt Marge like fused, she can no longer, you know, go into the, the negative um, discussion, right? She's right. got to now talk about her pin that, you know, you think is so lovely, whether you do or not, you know. That's true. But you That's can, true. But you're right. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, giving someone a compliment like that it will actually turn them off. They'll be confused. They don't yeah, know what to like, do. Right. Right. <laughs> right. This is something new. Or tell them, you know, you look younger. What are you doing? You know, yeah. you, look, you know, you look better. You look well. You lost some weight, you know. Oh no, something. that'll that'll always get you somewhere. Have you lost weight, or have you been working out? That <laughs> right. will always get you brownie points, right? That's true. That is so true. Always, always. So you know, this this article was good. So I'm just going to give a quick, and, and we've talked about this in our other uh, podcasts on on cardiovascular health. Um, that gratitude, um, just having that that to show gratitude to someone can buffer any negative consequences from stress and improves the cardiovascular outcome. So this higher trait is linked to lowering the likelihood of suffering from myocardial infarction, which is a heart attack, and promoting vascular health. Um, and so we can reduce stress. And let me tell you about this study from this one particular article. Uh, the study, it was a longitudinal study of 912 participants, and researchers evalu- evaluated the relationship between gratitude and heart attack occurrence. The study concluded that a higher level of gratitude was associated with a lower risk of heart attack. Okay, and this longitudinal study uh, was over a, a six year period. Even when there was other, when controlling of various health and demographic factors were, you know, when they talk about health, you know, there may be something, you may be predisposed to something, having something else or, you know, but even in the, with that in, in itself, having those, with having the sense of gratitude, the, the likelihood of your, of having a heart attack actually decreased. So, the, this study um, underscores the importance of positive emotions like gratitude in promoting better health out- outcomes, particular, particularly. So that's, that tells you that your, your heart and your head are connected because this study, the outcomes were better in cardiovascular health than any other part of your health, any other organ within your system, right? So that connection between the head, what you think, and your heart 
what you feel is actually so connected that you can have an adverse effect just by either having negative thoughts or you can have very good effects by having positive thoughts. So on that, it's just, Jay, I'm going to let you kind of give out some some good news and some, some good information. So as we go into the season of holidays, people understand that, you know, there, there's not everything that you hear on the news because this is the, the podcast. This will not be televised. <laughs> you know that there are stories out there that have a positive impact on us. I'm also gonna I'm gonna start by touching on pain. Uh, when you talk about gratitude, um, you were talking about all the benefits to the person who is grateful, right? Um, the Uniformed Services University uh, in 2021, they they did an article and. I'm just gonna, this is gonna be real quick. Their research shows that cultivating gratitude can help not only you, but other people. So you're being grateful, you're having that positive attitude. Like, and I kind of talked about this, right, Pam, when I said I need to, that's why I like connecting with you because you give me a different perspective, right? It helps. Um, And so this particular article says that gratitude can um, make people experience greater life satisfaction. Um, and you were, and again, what you were talking about, have less symptoms of depression and anxiety. It can increase your energy, right? It can allow you to sleep longer and wake up refreshed. Boy, I'd like that one. Um, <laughs> it can Every help. Every day. Yeah. It can help both you and the persons that are surrounding you grow from trauma. Um, it can protect you and other people uh, from burnout. It can um, establish stronger relationships. It can make you and the persons around you feel more loved, supported, committed, and satisfied and feel more valued, right? Just like when I was talking about Aunt Marge, you know, Aunt Marge might be having a really bad day or maybe a really bad life, but if you start giving her compliments about her pin or her hairdo or whatever, she's going to feel like someone cares about her, right? That's going to improve her mood, right? So when you're when you're grateful and when you spread that around to other people, you are. It, I mean, it carries. It's just like paying it forward, right? What was that uh, that movie called? Pay it forward. Pay forward. Yeah. Um, that Absolutely. started a big movement about paying it forward. And so uh, being uh, a grateful um, makes you work harder and feel more fulfilled. Um, it helps you to identify and solve problems. It builds character. Boy, isn't that great that it builds character. Um, you're more likely to offer help, right? Um, you're, it, it makes people trust you better, trust you more. So it's, it's, a, it's a really good thing to be grateful. Um, and just like Pam said, I, uh, after looking at the news, <laughs> you just sit there and shake your head and say, what now? What, 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 what can I look forward to? Well, there happens to be a website called Good News. I think it's goodnews.com. And uh, Pam and I have looked at that particular website in the past, you know, spread a little good news instead of, you know, all of this stuff that's going on that's so depressing. You feel so bad for all these people, all these horrible things, uh, areas of conflict. Um, even here in the United States, people who are being targeted because of their faith. So, yeah, here, here's some good news stories. This, is, this gives me hope. This gives me a, a, a beam of light, if you will. Um, and here's, here's an example. I've got three examples. One is uh, this teen, this young person, right? Because I think young people are the ones that are going to carry us through this mess. 
this Iowa teen named Lauren Schroeder. Um, she showed up to a community food drive during COVID and didn't see a lot of food there at the food drive that actually was, you know, good food. It was like crap food, right? It was cheap food that people were able to um, donate to the food drive, um, boxed and canned goods. So she decided she wanted to make a change. And she got a half acre of land from her parents, although I don't know how that happened, because who gives you a half acre of land? My parents would have half acre of land, but anyway. Right. So, <laughs> While they're still alive? Yes, yeah, yeah. like maybe, you know, in Iowa, maybe they had a farm or something. I'm not sure what the whole backstory is, but on that half acre of land, she grew 7,000 pounds of produce with a market value of around $15,000. And she took every single bit of that produce and gave it away to the food banks and nonprofit in her area. And I got to tell you, as a teenager, it would not have occurred, sorry listeners, but it would not have occurred to me to take a half acre of land and grow produce and then go to the local food banks, you know, give them this food. I wasn't that smart in my teen. So kudos to Lauren Schroeder. Um, and evidently her work drew the attention of the education industry organization called Future Farmers of America, FFA. I think every bird of that. In the and they gave her a grant for supplies and seed. And then she got help from her uh, younger sibling. And so she is she's still working on that. She's still doing that. And boy, oh boy, isn't isn't wow. that a, a bit of good news that someone is... Absolutely. Is, Jay, because you know, you and I have talked so many times about the availability of food, good food, you yes. know, healthy food. Yes, um, food deserts, right? To, yeah, right, exactly. And so what she's doing um, is changing lives, you know. And it's it, it's gotta be inspiring, right? It's gotta be inspiring other, her, her peers, right? They're probably looking at her saying, oh my gosh, well, what? we need to do that. And then there's a the right. competition. Or can, or can we help you? <laughs> or can we help you? Exactly, can we right. help you? Or I wanna do something even more grand scale. Right. Right. So exactly. that healthy competition leads to better. And so um, I mentioned how, you know, there are some countries in conflict and this has to do with the Ukraine. Um, this young Polish inventor, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I can't. I would mess it up. But this uh, young guy observed the challenges of medical evacuations across the rough terrain of the front line. This inspired him to design a chariot a medevac off-road ambulance that can attach to any vehicle with a towing hook or an eye. The vehicle's low weight and suspension make it safer for a casual to travel um, the boot of, than in being in a car, which is a typical method for the, um, the Ukrainian defense forces. So he designed this trailer starting with off-road trips with his family through the Balkans and Pyrenees. And then he spent the next 10 years in the course of his bachelor's and master's degrees designing off-road and cave rescue trailers. Now, who in the heck? I just want to know. Who who in the heck? I mean, that is so unbelievable that someone is thinking about that. It would yes. not occur to me to say, geez, what, hmm, what, could I, what could I design that would help, you know, transport injured people? Right, um, absolutely. And so- Out of four torn areas. Yes, yes, I mean, it's unbelievable. And so, um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. And here's, here's another, another cool thing. So this person who was uh, just 17, this person named Sebi Hall, 
and this is in the United Kingdom, when he decided to dedicate his life to helping others, and it took only three years for the nation to recognize him as a hero. He has been designated as the UK's kindest person. He now has a six-foot statue, complete with a cape, commissioned by the Kind brand. You know this... Um, those nut and fruit bars that yes, are yes, the, the kind, yes, yes the kind, kind yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. They recognized him and they commissioned that six foot statue. And so he also works to help others and has founded his own charity to encourage others to follow his lead, the Sebi Hall Kindness Foundation, which helps vulnerable okay. youngsters. And so listen to this. During his three years of good work, he donated 400 coats and blankets to homeless charity, gifted 800 toys to children's homes, and used his own pocket money during his teens to pay for strangers' coffees. Again, someone in their teens doing this, right? Um, Now he's 20 years old, and he uh, initially started spreading kindness during lockdown after discovering his classmates didn't have access to a computer and his first thought was to donate his own computer, but he ended up raising money to buy those those uh, kids a laptop. And so I, it gives me hope that there are youngsters, yeah. there are kids, something that I was not smart enough to think about. No, something we weren't thinking about. No, I mean, I just, no. it would not have yeah. occurred to me. I wasn't that smart, listeners. I just wasn't that smart. Yeah. But, you know, Jay, I, I think what it is is that the exposure that these kids have now, you know, to the Internet and to world and the global environment, because, you know, yes, we have the news, but, you know, we watch TV like it was entertainment and we go off and do something else. Yeah, you know? <laughs> we were outside playing and riding bikes. Right? We weren't on the Internet or and there wasn't cable that we no, you know, there wasn't cable. cable. Yeah. So you had a limited number of TVs, you know, well stations channels yeah um but you know i think it's this gives me hope because i think it should give all of us hope because when you see a problem instead of seeing a problem and saying oh i'm sorry that happened try to find a solution to the problem and and it doesn't have to be anything grand it doesn't have to be you know um, like this kid i mean he was a kid so you know he had limited income you yep. know he probably but he probably started out with just a, what he got in allowances and birthday gifts and, you know, money he got during the Christmas time. But he was willing to give up his computer in order for somebody else to have a computer. Yeah, yeah. That, that is just, that's a noble undertaking. It is. And the guy who developed the vehicle for evacuation, I mean, he saw the problem. He saw that the, the small, it was just a small part, but it had such a big impact yeah. on on how to evacuate people from those, those those places. And then a woman who, fortunately, she got a donation of a half an acre. Half an acre, yeah. <laughs> half an acre to, to actually feed people healthy food that she didn't see that was in the food bank. And she thought about the individuals not really having access to healthy food. Yeah. You know, we many... all can do something. We yeah. all can do something. But I, I've got one more story for you, Pam. Please do. And this is a grander, this is a grander scale thing. And boy, oh boy, this is unbelievable. So uh-huh. this is about a, a company. This is a, a Canadian startup. Um, they've got they've got these um, desalinization buoys that are able to take salt water and make it into drinkable potable water. So based on this statistics, 300 million people rely on seawater 
from a global industry of 21,000 desalinization plants, nearly all of which use fossil fuels to complete the energy-intensive process of thermodesalination or reverse osmosis, the two methods that turn seawater into clean water at scale. So this company, it's called Onica or Onika. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. It's um, O-N-E-K-A. They, O-N-E-K-A. They decided to make these machines that attach to the seafloor like buoys and convert the kinetic energy of three-foot waves into mechanical energy that drives a reverse osmosis and creates, listen to this, 13 gallons of drinking water a day with the largest commercially available module that they have uh, constructed. And they said, it's expected that if the worst predictions of a climate change come to pass, more and more of the world will rely on desalinated water at least some of the year, according to data collected by the BBC, and the industry is predicted to grow 9% to a yearly value of $29 billion by 2030. So... Oh my gosh, you know, having these modules that rely on waves and not fossil fuels, that is what... That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's what we've we've all been waiting for, right? Something that Uh is viable. And so it makes me want to go see if they have any stock to buy. But anyway, that's just... I know. You see, that's why I asked you, how do you you spell the name? It's like, okay... That's one that I would definitely invest in because, you know, when you look up some of these companies on the stock market, the reason why, you know, it's like I will never uh, invest in a defense company because I don't like wars, you know. Yeah, um, but this is like. I just won't do it. Yeah, they were talking about, uh, you know, places in South America, for example, that are very dry and they were, you know, the closest thing they have to a source of water is the sea, the ocean. And what are they going to do about that? So. Yep. There's hope. Right. There's. It's just that it's not reported as often as it should be. We hear that's all true. the the gloom and the doom and the terrible things, but you but know the that's news. what network news does. I know it's there for the purpose. Yeah, it's there for a purpose. Yeah, and and you know, folks, I'm not saying that it's propaganda, but the thing is that that's what drives their numbers. You know, who gets the story first? Who gives the most details? Who, you know, trying to get. The, the audience to to come to their spot. Now, you know, Jay and I here, we try to drive our audience, our listeners, um, to listen. We try to drive as many listeners as possible because the information that we give is not going to be, you won't see it on, you know, regular media, you know, as well as we try to make sure that it's backed up with hard facts, you know, scientific research and information. Um, so that you, not us, so that you can make a decision for your life and your well-being. And I just want to say one thing. I am grateful that Pam is in my life and that she has put up with me for so long. I am grateful and I'm thankful that that she puts up with my nonsense and my ramblings and my really boring stories of house projects and challenges with contractors and all that stuff. So listeners, I got to tell you, she is a gem and I'm very thankful that she is in my life. Here it is from the giver to the receivers. (laughs) I appreciate the people like Jay that's in my life um, because of the fact that she challenges me on a daily basis. She makes me better than who I was yesterday 
um, because she always gives me a different perspective as well. And, and whether she realizes it or not. So this is, our, I guess, our moment to be thankful for having each other in, in our lives because we wouldn't have this whole podcast started many years ago um, in our heads. You know, and it wasn't until it moved from our heads to our hearts that we knew we needed to do this. Um, so I am just so grateful and thankful that it was her that we ended up landing on this podcast together because I couldn't have done it with, you know, I couldn't even think of it as somebody else I would have done it with. So we're going to go back to our trivia question. So Jay, tell us, so how much... Or did the average Thanksgiving dinner cost per person in 2022? Okay, according to the American Farm Bureau Federation, $64.05 per person was the cost for an average Thanksgiving dinner. Wow, that's wow. What? What? That must be a wow. Yeah, I have to. I have to ask. Does that include leftovers? Because. <laughs> $64. You know, I guess, yeah, right. Because you have to think of that the initial shopping. And you, I guess you think about it because when you look at the price of food now, I mean, just simple things as bread, eggs, you know, milk or whatever, um, just staples yep. have gone up so much that you look in the grocery store and you go, wow, I remember when I only paid this much. I mean, I remember getting a just a small box of, of uh, Jiffy Cornbread mix, mm-hmm. right? And it would be like 69 cents. We'll go to the grocery store today and see how much it costs. Now, mind you, you have to add eggs and you have to add milk. So then that's another cost and it just increases from there. So that's pretty amazing. So next year, we'll be reporting what we spent, (laughs) what the average person spent on Thanksgiving dinner for 2024. And that should be an interesting conversation. Listeners, as always, this is PB and Jay. And again, thanks for being with us. This will not be televised with our connection, PB and Jay. Be well. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. And we'll see you on the next episode.